Welcome everyone to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I'm the host of this podcast and the creator of Balance by Megan. On this podcast, we talk about all things yoga, wellness, health, and spirituality with guests from around the world. So grab your crystals, grab your essential oils, and let's dive into it. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life Podcast. I am your host, Megan Farrell-Gordon, and today we have a very special episode. So today we are really, really focused on health and wellness in the work environment. And I just want to preface this by saying we talk a lot about entrepreneurship in this podcast episode, but this Episode is truly applicable to anyone and everyone who works for a company, maybe they have a side hustle, maybe they are entrepreneurs, and you will get so much value out of this podcast episode. There are so many tips and tricks in this episode. Like I said, you do not have to be an entrepreneur to gain value from this episode. And today I am joined by the lovely Chelsea Montgomery. Chelsea is a clarity coach, which is a blend between life coaching and business coaching. She guides both service-based businesses and professionals on how to gain clarity and reach their goals through transformational coaching, workshops, and speeches. During the group and one-on-one sessions offered through Chelsea, clients receive a crystal clear step-by-step plan that changes lifestyle habits, gives purpose, and sets them up to thrive through her three-month programs. In addition to offering unique programs that create effective changes changes in business and personal lives, Chelsea crafts tailored speeches to meet events or business needs. As a passionate thought leader, she helps to level up the inspiration in an accessible, empowering way that leaves everyone feeling connected and ready to go. On this episode, we talk about how entrepreneurs and business professionals can approach their work in a holistic way, redefining what working on your business means, and the areas in your life you want to focus on to make improvements. We also discuss the difference between patterns and habits, and how to use both effectively in your life, and so much more. You guys are going to love today's podcast episode. And since today's episode is all about entrepreneurship, what better time to talk about the platform that I use to run my business, which is Ribbon. Ribbon allows me to host my teacher trainings, my workshops, and live classes. It allows you to take payments, sell products, book retreats, and so much more. The platform truly is an all-in-one platform, giving you all the tools you need to succeed in your business by letting you do what you love and leaving all the back-end stuff to Ribbon. Use the link in the show notes to try out Ribbon today for free. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Nature's Remedy CBD. CBD has been a game changer in my wellness routine. I take mine underneath the tongue at night to help me with sleep, but there are a variety of other benefits including helping with anxiety, pain relief, inflammation, overall health, 
and so much more. Brad uses his for his back pain, especially when he's been working. We're coming up into the winter, so when he does any work outside, he tends to get a little bit more sore, and CBD gives him the freedom to be able to do that work while being pain-free. This CBD is third-party lab-tested. It's vegan, organic, cruelty-free, non-GMO, solvent-free, and made in small batches here in Canada. You can email me today to find a product that suits your needs today. Email is info at balancedbymegan.com. Of course, you can find that email in the show notes and we will find a product that suits what you are looking for. With that being said, please welcome Clarity Coach Chelsea Montgomery to the Balance Your Life podcast. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. I am so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. I'm really excited to be here and to hope, hopefully bring some interesting conversation for you and your community. No, I'm so excited for this conversation. Before we dive into what we're going to talk about, I would love for you to give our community, our audience, a little bio of who you are and where in the world you are currently joining us from today. For sure. I am joining you from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, I'm a clarity coach. I use, I'm a certified health and life coach. I use this mix with my entrepreneurial experience to coach peak performers, individuals, and businesses in achieving their goals and making an impact. Um, I'm, I'm a total student of the human, of uh, the mind, human behavior, human potential. I'm in state, I've an insatiable love for learning and drive to just learn more to better serve my clients. I challenge my clients, I explore their thoughts and beliefs that hold them back from what they know they're capable of achieving. So that's what I do with a lot of my one-on-one clients. Through my corporate wellness programming, I bring wellness into the workplace, uh, increasing productivity, beating burnout, improving company morale. In short, what I do is really get my clients what they want, be that a company or an individual. It's like, that's I. everybody knows what they want. I'm just a part of how do you get there? I feel like you're the definition of like hashtag I do all the things, which is amazing (laughs) (laughs) because it's so, you know, I think we toss around this role, this word of like health and wellness, and it kind of Mm -hmm. seems like, oh, it's like a green smoothie juice and it's practicing my affirmations, but it's so much more. There's so much more to it. And I love that you offer such a variety of tools to your clients, to your students, to the corporations you work with. And I'm really curious, how did you get started on this, this path? Like this seems like a very intense path. And like you said, you're a student of learning, but like what, what was the core reason that you were like, this is the journey that I want to take? So I have to say like, it didn't come from a quote unquote good place. That's not what spiked all of this, but really started my journey was almost a decade ago. One day I just woke up and I felt like crap. I felt really sick. I went into my corporate job. By the end of the day, I was in the ER and I just never got better after it that resulted in years of seeing different specialists, seeing different doctors, as I saw like my quality of life was deteriorating around me, while also being in a state of fear as to like, really what's happening, like, all my other friends are starting, or like, we're all starting our careers. And it's like, this is supposed to be that exciting time, things are supposed to be easy, your health is not supposed to go down the drain at this point. While all this was happening, I realized, 
became very clear that the corporation I worked for did not have space for somebody like myself, that there was not space for somebody who was experiencing disability, who's experiencing these health challenges, and I had to leave my job. I knew I had the skills to do that job. I knew that it wasn't a case of not being able to do the job. I just knew the environment was not set up in a way to accommodate those who had different challenges, but it didn't affect the outcome of the work and the output. This really inspired me to basically have this drive of like, okay, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way how corporations bring like, you're at your job minimum 40 hours per week. It shouldn't be burning you out. And it should be accessible for everybody to contribute if they so choose to. So that's what really drove me to want to explore this idea of wellness in the workplace, which then put me on an entrepreneurial journey, definitely working with a lot of startups, a lot of entrepreneurs, me myself doing different entrepreneurial ventures. I then decided to go back to school, get my coaching certifications in both health and life coaching. This is like years and years ago. Cause even like, I remember going through an airport once where you had to say to the security guy, like, what is it that you do? And I was like, I'm a coach. And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, like a volleyball coach. And I like, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not the person you want on a volleyball team at all. Cause I'm a awful coordination. So that's how it started was really with this there's got to be a better way in in terms of how the world is changing, in terms of how the workforce is changing, centering the human experience in the workplace, centering uh, in for entrepreneurs, instead of like that black hole of trading time for money, how can they strategically build what it is they want to do in a holistic sense? So that's what really started That's what got me on this path was, like I said, a really bad event that ended up opening, that ended up sparking something within me to make things better. I would love to know that specific event. Do you believe, and I know this was a while ago, was it Mm -hmm. an extreme case of like burnout? Was it stress just because maybe your coworkers weren't the nicest? Was it just that you were working in a job you hated and it was just draining at you until one day it was like just that snapback yeah I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder do I believe it was exasperated exasperated by the fact that yeah the workplace was like it 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 was that whole like burnout do more do more do more do more yes at that point did I feel like I could go to my boss my superiors and go like hey guys like I just need time to figure this out no like I felt like I was having to fight to defend the fact that I was sitting in a hospital so I I do know from what the from what I was diagnosed with that it's like it was always there it was going to happen at some point do I think that it was a perfect storm that triggered it a hundred percent No, that's, I thank you so much for bringing that up because I just want to give people like the full picture of what happened. And Mm -hmm. it's like anything, I think, especially with, you know, I've had a few people on the show who have had autoimmune diseases, who have had some sort of illness and you, you do know some, for most of them that it's going to happen at some point, but it's, I, I think people really underestimate 
I don't want to say the power because I don't want to give it that word, but literally like the power of stress and what it can do yeah. to the body. And normally you could maybe hold something like you, my guess is that you still have this autoimmune disease, but you're working yeah. through it because you're doing something that you, that brings you joy, that lights your life. It's not like this constant stress, this constant anxiety, this constant feeling of like, I hate what I do. And it doesn't even sure. have to be hate. Just, I dread what I do every single day. Yeah. And I think like, that's the thing is I very much built a business that allows me to take care of myself be that with the hours that I work. I, I know my body now. I know what's going to result in a flare up. I have, I, I can predict things. I know what I need to do in terms of my own self-care. So yes, this might be a more extreme version due to my condition. However, I think like it's something that we all experience and you're totally right. Like you can't, uh, I, I really believe like nobody can operate at a peak version of themselves, experience peak happiness, experience peak joy if you are in a constant state of stress through your work, financial stress, familial stress, any of that, it's something I really, this was the big reason where I wanted to get my certifications in coaching versus going through like organizational management or something was I saw the power of coaching where it's like the majority of us know what we need to do, right? Like we know what healthy eating looks like. We know what a healthy lifestyle looks like. Um, in the workplaces, like, yeah, we know what like a healthy workplace looks like that betters employees' life and well-being, but we don't do those things. It's not enough to just know you need the accountability, you need the strategy, you need steps. And that's what I bring in with entrepreneurs. I find that it's like, it's a lot of breaking up with a lot of those unhealthy patterns that they developed when they worked in the workforce. They're so used to that constant hustle. They're so used to that constant stress there. And then they recreate it themselves when they work for, for when really they're their own boss. So it's like, how do we break up with patterns that don't serve us because they are limiting beliefs? Just quickly, like in terms of a limiting belief, I don't like to use that term a lot. I tend to use the term expired belief. Because at one point, those beliefs that you have served you at one point. And then when they be start to limit you is when they're expired. So I think that that gives a lot of compassion to as to why we keep those beliefs. So yes, when you're working in a workplace that's built off of unhealthy competition with your coworkers, that has these unhealthy expectations where you're trading your health and well-being for success or it's a toxic, or if it's overall just a toxic workplace, you will have developed beliefs and patterns in order to survive in that. So then it's like when you leave that environment, be that as an entrepreneur, or you leave that environment, go work elsewhere, your body is so used to, your mindset, your body is so used to operating that, that we have to acknowledge that belief is expired. It served you. There's compassion. We know where it came from. And what are we choosing to believe to better serve us now? I love this topic so much. I, my husband and I have this conversation all the time because, and I don't want to say this is the case for a, a, like everybody or most people, but in our experience, a lot of these quote unquote, I love the word expired beliefs, but quote unquote, like limiting beliefs or expired beliefs come from for us. It's like our parents, right? They're that generation. I feel like that was like, you go get a nine to five job you work you know if it's a 
job you love, great. But otherwise, like you just find a job that, you know, pays the pays the bills. It gives you mm-hmm. um, not the 401k because I know it's the US term, but you know, the the Canadian version of it, like your pension and stuff back. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one of those things that's like, it's, I can very much see it coming up into my life. And I, I'm trying to pinpoint for me when I started to notice that, because I'm still, I still do this dance, if you will, of like, I, sometimes I feel like I have that Gary V energy, or I want to have that Gary V energy where it's, you know, if you're not working at your business 24 seven, then you're not making moves. And Mm -hmm. I know that not to be true because I've made incredible leaps and bounds by resting and by, you know, putting in the aligned work, but also just, you know, not doing the 40 hour work week, because I just don't, I don't want to say I don't feel like it, but it's like, I just know that I'm working smarter, not necessarily harder to make these things happen in my life. And it's, my hope is that maybe with our general, like our kids' generations, they start to see a little bit more of that entrepreneurial mindset into, you know, their workforce, into their careers. But for me, I feel like a lot of people I talk to, it's like, yeah, like, you know, my parents are always asking, you know, when are you going to get a real job? Or like, oh, you're going to, you know, go get your nails done at three o'clock in the morning, shouldn't, or at three o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon, shouldn't you be yeah. working or, you know, whatever along those lines. For sure. And I think like, it's interesting. So if we take that frame of mine from Gary V, right, of like, oh, if you're not working on your business, nothing's going to happen. Well, let's also redefine what working on your business looks like, right? So yeah, you know what, when I am not burnt out, when I am not in pain, barely able to focus and concentrate on what my client's saying, I'm telling you, my client's getting a way better version of me. So yes, you know what, technically that hour of rest that hour of making sure I'm doing conscious movements that better serves my body in a way it is working on my business because then it means I can show up completely present I always like to say like we're human beings we're not human doings so it's like what are we being how do I want to be in showing up in my business and that's the difference between being a that when a business feels like a chore versus like it does feel alignment there are things I do in my business that, yeah, I don't enjoy doing them. I did not start my business to do paperwork, but guess what? The paperwork needs to happen. So it's like, okay, how do I limit that? How do I, how do like, if, can it be outsourced? Can it be taught or like in terms of scaling? I help a lot of entrepreneurs scale. And so it's like, that's one of the big things that comes up as we start to scale. Cause I'm very like, okay, can you delegate it or can you teach it? Can you delegate it? Can you teach it? Cause that's the only way we're going to grow. Cause you got to focus on impact and then I'll talk to them and they're like, oh my God, my schedule is not completely full. I'm not busy. <laughs> I'm doing something wrong, but I'm making more money. What is this? And it's like, yeah, because we had, that was an expired belief. The training time for money was a belief that served you, especially when you started, but it doesn't serve you now. So yeah, what does working on your business actually look like? I always think like, yeah, with compassion, you know what, that belief served our parents' generation of like, yeah, you go to school, you get the nine to five, you start, you work there for 40 years and you retire. Awesome. That worked. We know that in the current economy, that's not so much the deal. We also know that it's that type of thing. It's like, when you know better, you do better. So we saw the burnout in our parents, even if it wasn't called burnout, we saw the toll of that. So it's like, 
we know better now. We understand that the price, there's a price to be paid if we are overworked, exhausted, undervalued in the workplace, that it does affect our personal life. It does affect our, like, I don't believe in work-life balance. I very much see it as like, we're, we're one individual. So it, it, you can't have things be awful at work and just expect that it's not going to affect your personal and like vice versa. So because we know better, we want better. And I don't think that's something to be ashamed of. And I don't think that's something to be embarrassed by. I think it's like there, there is, a, like as I said at the beginning, there's got to be a better way. There is a better way. And I see it every day with the individuals I work with. And I see it every day with the organizations I work with, that it's like the organizations that are centering the well-being of their employees are the ones that are thriving. And if you look at leaders in industries, leaders in tech, like we are getting to the point where technology will be able to replace a lot of things that used to require humans to do it. But the one thing it can't replace is humanness. It can't replace the empathy. It can't replace consciousness. It can't replace that that human creativity. So how can we foster that? You foster that by people not being pushed to their limits, where people have space to respond, to be creative, to understand what it is that they want and execute, not from a place of stress, but from a place of choice and fulfillment. So it's like the companies that invest in humans and the ones that invest in the well-being of their humans are the ones that are thriving in this world right now both financially as well as in terms of success. I couldn't agree more with you. I always think of like the Google headquarters and stuff. And I I remember reading about it. Oh gosh, I can't even remember how long ago. And they had things like the meditation room and they had like the jumping castle room. And everyone at the time was like, that is so ridiculous that a company would have things like that. And, you know, where's their, you know, office desk and stuff. And it's like, I mean, now you go, wow, they, they seem like they were so ahead of the times because they gave, I mean, everybody who worked at Google, like loved working at Google because of the freedom that they were given. And I'm just, I mean, there's, there seems to be more, a lot of companies now that are taking more of an interest in, you know, setting up yoga programs for their, their workers, their employees, or giving them more mental health days, or, you know, just being more understanding if somebody's going through something, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's this concept of like, if you give your employees like a reason to be happy and to come into work, they will go above and beyond for you every single time. Yeah. And I think because at the end of the day, being human and existing in a world with other humans comes down to connection one of the best ways to foster connection is through trust so yeah as an organization if you trust your employees that they know what's best for them that goes a long way so even like these examples that you're giving in terms of with google with like the meditation rooms and all of that once the pandemic hit and this was a big thing that especially within my business that we saw a lot of companies came to us going like, oh no, everybody's going to get burnt out there at home. We don't know how to manage people. They're completely remote, this, that, whatever. We'd been online for years at that point. So we had some, we had experience with this. And at the end of the day, I was like, it, so you don't have, like, what was the point of that meditation room? What was that point of the jumpy castle? Like, what was the point of all of this, of 
feeding them and all of that. The point was you trusted them that if they felt good, that they will achieve, that they will perform, that you're getting the best version of them. So within a pandemic, when they're working remote, what does that look like? How can you center them? And that's what everything comes down to is centering your employees and centering the fact that you believe that they know what's best for themselves and listening to that. So often when I speak with organizations and I ask employees one-on-one, okay, what is it that you want? What is it that you want that you feel like you can't tell your boss or the company you need? And it's really simple things. Like it can be things like, you know what? I really hate the fact that if my mouse doesn't move within like 15 minutes, that like this manager follows up with me. And it's like, well, what happened? Like, is the work getting right? So it's like, it's because it erodes trust or like, I, you know what? I really like it if we actually had connection time where I could talk to people and it didn't feel like it was all about the work. Okay, cool. So let's schedule at the beginning of the 15 minute Zoom, let's schedule small talk because now we value that because now there's connection. So it's like, how can you, and this is a big thing, especially I'm seeing with a lot of companies right now that we're working with, is and when you're seeing this phenomena of the great resignation where so many people are just like yeah I'm gonna leave it's like okay how do we build this trust how do we build this value how are you communicating that you value your people and you can do that virtually you can do it's possible awesome I would love to switch gears a little bit and just you had said when you you know, you were in the hospital, you decided that you wanted, you were going to leave your job because it wasn't serving you. What was that next step for you as far as either getting your health back into place or, you know, switching quote unquote careers? I know you went into work for yourself, but this mindset of like switching careers or doing something different, like, did you, the first thing you did was, did you hire a coach? The first thing you did was start eating healthier. Like what was that first step for you as far as recovering for yourself so that you could begin to build your own business? I'll be totally honest. It, what it did very much feel like a burn the ships moment. Like I had no choice, but to leave the job I had. So it was like, I have to make this work. Well, also, I also need to get better. So I had to do both concurrently. Like I needed to figure out a way of like, okay, how am I going to live basically? So the big, I think like there was something, the, the biggest mindset shift, especially when it came to the illness was I decided very much like this illness is not the most interesting thing about me. It had taken up so much of my life. It had taken up so much time and yeah it still does and I was cursing that frustration with that but that mindset shift of this is not the most interesting thing about me so I made like a list of five that literally was like if you were not one of those five people I I don't need to talk about my health to you if somebody else brought it up I'd be like yeah no it's happening like I'm focused on it and like thank you for your well wishes but like because what you put focus your attention on is only going to grow. So if I just focus my attention on what I didn't have, what I was losing, um, the changes happening, despite the fact that they, they weren't the changes that I wanted. So that was the big thing I think was like, just choosing, this is not the most exciting, interesting thing about me. So what is, and I really took the time to kind of get to know myself at that time. I had heard of life coaches like I remember seeing something on Oprah or something but I didn't really 
like I couldn't find one like it was just it was so I read a lot like I read a lot of books I remember looking into like personal development programs I've always been a big proponent of therapy and I even and I say this all the time with my clients like the big difference between coaching and therapy is like therapy is like what happened and processing that and coaching is very much like okay what are we doing going forward and what, where are you coming from a place of empowerment and moving forward? So I did hire my first coach. Oh gosh, how many years ago now? Yeah, it was probably about two years into the process that, of after I got sick that I finally was able, I, and through research and stuff, I've hired my first coach and she was incredibly impactful in my life. And that really And that experience is kind of what made me go like, yeah, this is exactly what it is I should be doing. And when I look back on it, hindsight 2020 from even, which I know that term has a whole new meeting after last year, but (laughs) hindsight 2020, I look back on, I was always coaching people in a sense, like from my very first job as a cashier to different part-time jobs I had to put myself through school, even when I was, when I first started, I was consulting like different companies as they were starting up and such, I realized what I was doing was coaching people. And so then that's why I wanted to get the formal training in order to do it in the best way to serve them. But if, if somebody is in that position right now, when they like, I always like to think like rock bottom is a really solid foundation to build from. And giving yourself grace and I think there's that moment of clarity where you go like I deserve better I deserve better and I am going to give that to myself and I'm going to give that like you can't hate yourself happy you can't regret yourself to success you can only choose to show up better today for a better tomorrow um, I see this all the time with my clients where it's like so many, so many of us in this world would rather hope for a better past than put the work in to improve our present circumstances. So breaking up with that belief of like, this can be better in just small steps every day. For me, a big thing was returning, like figuring out what I wanted to do. Like I'd set timers and be like, okay, I'm going to do 30 minutes of this. I'm going to for 20 minutes, I'm going to do some physical movement for 30 minutes. I'm going to research where should I get my trainings or who am I going to work with or how can I find new clients? Like I'd set these timers to build the momentum, small hinges, big doors. So start small, figure out what is it that you want and just taking steps within that direction, fully knowing you don't have to see the whole path. You just have to take one step and it's going to eliminate as you go. I, there's so many different ways I would like to take this. You're bringing up so many like aha moments for me. I think the one I want to just kind of focus on first is this idea, like you keep saying the word choice, choice, choice. And I know that this can be a huge trigger for some people because people are like, well, you don't know my past. You don't know, like, this is just the way that things are. This is the way that I was brought up. This is the way things that, you know, that are laid out for me. And I would say to someone right now, that word or this concept, this idea that we're talking about is like triggering you. There's, you need to do some investigation because I'm with you when I 
really do believe everything we do is a choice and they can be big life choices or they can be very small choices, but they're choices that add up to going, moving forward with your life or transforming your life in some big way or some big or small way. They, they, they are choices. Um, you had said you, you know, you made a choice not to let your autoimmune disease disease or illness define you you know some people make a choice that like even though their their past sucked and maybe they were brought up in a way that you know there weren't a lot of chances for them to succeed but they make the choice that they are going to succeed and that they are going to do better and that they are going to leave a successful life like what would you say to somebody who is like you have no idea what my past was like, Chelsea. I was just born not to be elite. I was born to just like live a mediocre life. I think first thing I'd say is like, yeah, you're right. I, I don't know what your life is like. I, I don't know your lived experience. And at no point would I ever want to invalidate somebody's lived experience or make or make them feel unseen or unheard. And I think like that's a big driver as to when we say like, you don't know what it's like, it's because we feel that that part that we are defending when we say you don't know what it's like is because that part hasn't been investigated, it hasn't been seen, it hasn't been validated by somebody. So as I said, I'm a big proponent of therapy. And I think like, if that's something that you feel needs to be explored with a therapist, definitely take that step. I, I get where that, I, I know that feeling, I know that disempowering feeling, because there is something of a comfort to it. And I know that that might be like, what do you mean comfort? And I don't mean comfort in the sense of like a warm, snuggly blanket. I just mean comfort in the sense of like, it's what you're used to. And there was a moment for me that I remember it was after a New Year's Eve party with my friends. And it, I really was in a very, very low place. And everybody was talking about like, oh, like, what's the greatest thing that happened this year? What's the greatest thing that happened this year? And they're all like, listing off these things and frankly they were listing off things that I had hoped for like I was like that I'm gonna be a straight A student I'm gonna do this and this and this and this and I did it and so they're listing all these things that at one point that was what I had hoped for that should have been my story that should have been the path I took and so there was a level of resentment and bitterness but also just like helplessness and grief around the fact like I don't have that and it came to me and I just kind of stopped. I was like, yeah, like I haven't done anything. <laughs> and it was my, one of my friends, like she just really looked at me. She was like, that's not true, Charles. Like you've done this and you did this and you did this. And, and she was right. I just hadn't seen it and I couldn't see it. So sometimes I think like it's go to somebody, like a core group of people in your life and then just believe that people are rooting for you. So even if you can't root for yourself right now, and yeah, sometimes it really is hard to be on team you, right? Find strength in others who can see that. Also, what we, giving yourself, like give yourself permission to believe that things can be, can be better. Like, that was another realization for myself during that time where I was like, I really, I just believe that things were just going wrong. It was inevitable. Things just go wrong. Like, look at, this was never supposed to happen and look at where I am. 
And I chose, I was like, well, this isn't serving me. Believing that things are always going to go wrong isn't actually helping me. If I can use the analogy of like, sure, if it rains, and if I look at the forecast and I know it's going to rain, I'm going to bring my umbrella if I have to go out. I'm also not going to schedule a bunch of appointments that day where I need to walk to all of them, right? So giving yourself a fighting chance in the sense of looking at the circumstances and going like, okay, so where do I need an umbrella? Where can I better help myself? And holding the vision that things can get better. I truly believe things can get better for everybody. And if I, I believe in the human I believe in human resilience. I believe in the human spirit. And I believe that we are too much of a miracle to just be here to live a subpar life. And also, what's your definition of mediocre life, right? Like, what is your definition of a great life for you? Some people could look at my life and go like, I would never want that. And that's okay. Just like, I know I have clients, like, not all my clients are entrepreneurs. I have clients that work for, like, our, like I said, peak performers. They work for other people. and they absolutely love it. And that's okay. That would not be my idea personally of what I would want to do. So I think getting clear on your definition of what do you want? What is media? What is, what do you not want? And how can you step towards that? And if you can't say what you want, if you can't say what would be good for me, then start to like exercise and kind of play with that with curiosity as to what would great be for me? What would be great? And let's move towards that. Amazing. I think everything that you're saying is so impactful and it's, it's very true, right? And I feel like there's this day and age of being on social media too, which I personally, I love the power of social media, the power of connection it can bring you for, I mean, you and I connected via like social media and it's this idea of knowing it. I don't want to say like knowing its limits, but it's also, you know, sometimes you can look at somebody's life and go, wow, they are living an incredible life. I would love to live a life for that. And, you know, I recently heard on a podcast where somebody said, you have to look at somebody else's life and go, are you truly, 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 truly willing to change everything about your life in order to have their life? Like change, you know, the relationship you have with maybe your significant other or your family or where you live or just like you would have to literally give up your whole entire world to have their life. And I think when you look at that and go, well, no, I don't, you know, I have a great relationship with my partner, but they get to travel. And I think that would be cool. It's like, okay, so now we know about ourselves. Like we love the idea of traveling. So let's, you know, write that down or know it about ourselves. Okay. I, that's something that I would love to have more in my, of in my life is this idea of traveling. Like, you know, maybe for somebody it's not traveling, but it's the brand name purses or it's the idea of getting their makeup done every day. Or maybe it's, I, I get to sleep until 12 o'clock every single day. And it just like, that's what I want my life to look like. Like it's, it's kind of not being envious of what somebody else's, it, there's a lot of homework here. <laughs> it's not being envious yeah. of what somebody else's life looks like, maybe picking out the things that you're like, I would like to have more of in my life. And also, you know, just 
it's social media, you know, nobody, I think we're getting better at not always posting the high highlight reel, but a lot of the time too, we are seeing somebody's highlight reel. Yeah, we're seeing the highlight reel and like, it's not a, like other people's successes are not your faults and are not your defaults, right? And I think like I can, and you know, I've done this before where it's like on social media, if one person's account really is just getting to me, I'll just mute it for 30 days. Like, honestly, it's okay. <laughs> because most, most of those people, I don't even know them personally. So it's like, if it's not serving me, then muting it, that's okay. I, think I love that, muting like, you it. See, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's, it's understanding that like, social media at the end of the day is a tool. And like any tool, since we became the creatures that made tools to make tools, right? Any tool can be used for good, can be used for bad. So then it's like, how are you interacting with it? And like, I know that now there's more and more research as to like how the, how social media is being constructed to like keep us in and this, that, everything else. But does that, if it's leaving you feeling empty and vacuous at the end of a session, then it's like, that's not serving you. If you were to think of, if social media was quote unquote, a friend, are you left feeling better off of, like after 30 minutes on Instagram or TikTok? If not, then like reevaluate the relationship with it, right? I think also like so much the highlight reel, but you also don't see the work that went into making things happen. I think like, especially with influencers, right? Like you're not seeing how much work goes into making those perfect videos to making those perfect pictures. It, it, it's a, you're seeing that end results. And I think like, that's another thing, like even off of social media, that that's the thing is like, you are not fully present in somebody's life. Like even think about reality TV, right? If you love reality TV, if you love like something like The Bachelor or when Keeping Up the Kardashians was still on or anything like that, even though you quote unquote were seeing their life, you saw like a week happen in an hour. So again, you really did just see snippets of it. So if somebody were to spend a full week with you, what are the highlights that they would see, right? Where the, you yourself are the only person who's going to see all 24 seven of your life. So that's a lot of time to evaluate. And it's, so just remembering like just the perspective of that that you're seeing at best two to three percent of somebody's life on social media right and I, I that's the other thing that I like to kind of for myself in the reframe another strategy I find with social media is like yeah the power of social media is the connections that you can make so it's like if I'm gonna go on Instagram or something how am I connecting how am I connecting with somebody to somebody because that's how it was really created in its infant right with like that's the good that's the good part of social media is the connection so how am I contributing to the good I remember hearing this once and this is separate like an analogy separate from social media but I think it does apply to it is like if you are stuck in traffic cursing traffic at a certain point you have to remember that you are also traffic that your car is not exempt from contributing to the traffic so if you're finding social media or anything in your life, right? If it's like, if it's becoming frustrating, it's like, okay, how am I contributing to this? Obviously there are different systemic issues. There's different, 
issues that that does not apply to. And I want to be very clear that I acknowledge those issues and that that's not that your place to take responsibility for it. But that whole idea of like, okay, how, what can I do? I can only control myself. So what can I do to better this? I love that analogy and I'm definitely taking it for future reference because when you said that I was like that's so good I love that so much it makes so much sense I want to focus on this idea that you have you have both health coaching and life coaching and Mm -hmm. together they create this you know the kind of the topic of this conversation was like tips for creating a positive lifestyle lifestyle changes and Mm -hmm. they they both fuse so so nicely together because I don't I personally don't believe you can be somebody who is making leaps and bounds in their entrepreneurial journey and they're doing all the mindset work and they're meditating they're doing the affirmations but they sleep four hours a day and they eat french fries lunch and dinner and they just don't care for their body and vice versa Mm -hmm. I don't think you know I think if you're you know when you're when you're treating your body in the most optimal way, that's when you can, you know, really have those mindset shifts and you can really have that gratitude attitude. So I would love Mm -hmm. to take both of your experiencing experiences and your qualifications. And like, you know, if somebody's looking to really, really transform their life, they're really looking for that change. They want to make a difference. They, you know, they don't necessarily even want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe they do, but they just know that, you know, something needs to change in their life and in their jobs, in their careers. Where would you even start with somebody? Well, I think the first place is you have to give yourself space to actually explore that because a lot of people, it's like you have that little nagging feeling of like something's off, something's off, something's off. One of the tells for me is like, and I've had so many clients say this, they're like, I was literally Googling how to know if I should quit my job for months before we started working together. I'm like, yeah, that, that would be a sign. But so many of us, like even we're just like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I think this is why the pandemic really did spur so much change and upheaval within people's lives. Obviously there's the obvious ones where it's like, if you worked in the service industry or something, you're your livelihood was literally shut down. So it was like like finding something else. But for most people, the pandemic was the slowest their life was ever going to be. You didn't have the six events you had to go to that week. You didn't have that obligatory like family event because like you couldn't leave your house. So I think that that's also where a lot of the discomfort came from because it was like, oh, I now have space to feel these uncomfortable feelings and I can't distract myself from them. So I think like, if you know that if you have like a bit of that little nagging feeling, give yourself space to actually explore it, like in explore it either with yourself or with somebody who is trained and guided to help you explore it. Like that's the thing that I always say is the benefit of coaching is when a client works with me and we explore different things, like the first few calls usually is something like this question that you're asking. It's a very interesting dynamic because they've never really worked with somebody before where it's like, I'm just completely team you. 
whatever team you looks like, I'm team you. I want what's best for you. I don't have I don't have a vested interest as to what that means for me, what this means for somebody else, right? When de- other times people in our life, be that a close friend or be that like a family member or sometimes even a partner, it's because they place themselves so much in within your narrative, you're not really getting like that neutral sounding board uh, to really investigate just solely what it means for with you. So if you're able, I would definitely work with a coach if you can but if not like I said give yourself an give yourself like a set time and really ask yourself those questions I find that free-flowing journaling can be really good if you're not used to free-flowing journaling with that like maybe hit use the voice record setting on your iPhone or something but really ask those questions of like am I happy is this what I wanted is this how I thought this would go what's really bugging me and navigate that instead of numbing out and ignoring that. I always like to say like my job as your coach is to give a megaphone to that little voice inside. The majority of my clients all know what they need to do. It's just, I'm there to help them create the plan to make them do it. Yeah, it's one of those things, I brought this up before on the podcast where, you know, even if you take the idea of like athletes, athletes Mm -hmm. are essentially they're at the top of the game right they were watching Mm -hmm. them on tv they're recruited to teams for reasons because they're the best shot goalie what have you they all have coaches yeah at the same time you know i can appreciate coaching can be out of people's leagues to start right maybe they're saving their money up to hire a coach I think there's so many just different, there's so many free resources that somebody can get started on. I love having a coach though, like you nailed on the head. I think they're objective. I think that they can point out things that maybe you were too tunnel vision to see. And they were like, you know, it's like, they give you almost like this permission to, you know, to talk about what you're talking about. A lot of the times, like you said, we know what's best for us. We just we just need that permission to be like, oh, okay, like it is okay for me to quit my job or it is okay for me to make this pivot or, you know, even if you're not like, for example, for me, I know I should eat well, I do eat pretty, pretty healthy, but I didn't necessarily grow up in a household where we were eating incredibly healthy and green all the time. Like it was valuable for me to lean into someone who has rehearsed nutrition, who could help me get on the path that is best for me. Same with anything. Like if you're somebody who goes to a gym and you're like, I don't even know where to begin or start. Like, you know, that's when we hire like a personal trainer or we go to a class or heck we throw on a YouTube video and, you know, we, we get guided and coached through it like I think people can sometimes think of well like I don't need a coach coaches are for you know the high performers or the athletes but we get coached a lot of the time even in like if you're listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube video like somebody is there quote-unquote coaching you through a process 
Yeah. And I think like the, I think like the example of athletes is perfect, right? Like I always say, it's like Usain Bolt was the fastest man, is the fastest man in the world. He has an extreme talent. There's all that ability there, but like he got there through a coaching team. I've worked with, I've worked with professional athletes. I've worked with former athletes and like that whole transition out. I think like the big thing is being coachable is a huge benefit both in the workplace but also just in your personal life because it's a level of humility that says I can accept help and I am worthy of help I am I am worthy I don't have to do this alone and I think like that's the thing is like it's interesting and this is what I realized like I have mentors I've been literally coaching for 30 plus years and they're like yeah, you see that person, I coach them. You see that person, I coach them. And even myself, like I, I see this too. Like I, there's an element like right confidentiality as to who my clients are, but it's like they're doing incredible things and they're impact makers. And that's how I, that's a big metric for my own success is I see the impact my clients make and I know I have a role in that. But so I think it's like that accepting I am worthy of help and I'm worthy of somebody being team me and also I don't have to do it alone nobody does anybody who says like I've done it alone they really haven't there is a team there like you mentioned Gary V right like Gary V has a team like does he do things by himself a hundred percent but there is a team of employees at VaynerMedia that make all of that stuff happen right so I think it's, it's acknowledging that it's like, if you could, if you were going to do it by yourself, you would have done it already. So don't be so hard on yourself, stopping yourself up, ask for help. It's okay. And a coach is there to help you be the best version of yourself. Yes. Yes. I, if there were, let's just throw a number out there if there were five facets of an area you would get somebody to work on and maybe you don't do all of it like maybe you're like I don't handle the nutrition side of things but I think that's a really important facet Mm -hmm. for somebody to work on like what would be the five areas that you would tell somebody to okay like this is this is what's going to move the needle forward for you this is what's going to help you create that more positive lifestyle so I definitely, when I work with my clients, um, especially when we do corporate wellness programs, because there's an element of self-led, like we definitely look at the different facets of somebody's life and we use our, our tool, the coaching wheel of life, where it's like, it's looking at like your relationships, like your career, it's looking at your health, which would include like personal, um, like fitness and nutrition and such. And then you're looking at your personal development because yes, that is important and we need that. I would say what I would recommend is create the five categories that resonate for you. So I, yes, I believe career is a big one because it takes up so much of your day, right? For the majority of us, relationships is going to be another one. Because you have your romantic relationships, if you choose, if you have your personal relationships, you have your familial relationships, personal development, which is like your self relationship, right? Health and wellness. So that's definitely going to be like healthy eating or whatever that means for you, Um, physical fitness or anything like that. And then finally, I would say purpose. 
because that I believe informs a lot of things. Like what is the purpose that you want within your relationships? Focus on one of those areas by just, if it's just for 30 days, focus on the area that you feel the most resistance in or the most discontentment in and just start to make little improvements with that. Like I said, small hinges, big doors. So a little bit by little bit, because what I find is that when you, and I see this all the time with my personal clients is with my one-on-one clients is that it's like, once we start to really focus on one area, then it's like the other areas, they, it's like a rising tide. They start to improve. Or if it's like, okay, we really improved your career right now. So now this, this is like running smoothly. Like now we're just at a place of fine tuning. So we've revamped the engine. Now the idea of changing your health and wellness seems so much more attainable because if you could do it here, you can do it here. Right. So giving yourself a bit of that, it, that then you're, you're building the momentum when we do corporate wellness programs for like large companies and such, this is all self-guided that we have. And I bring in speakers, I bring in different people who, who excel in those areas, like guest experts. And then we use the principles of the clarity method, the principles of coaching as to how do you achieve, how do you set out a goal that is attainable, that's going to help you improve both your self-image within this facet of your life, but also build the momentum. Like I always say, like people are constantly waiting for motivation. I'm like, motivation is not something that will just hit you. It might once in a while, but like, let's build some consistency. So I say like taking action is the first step taking, and then you start to do consistent action, which like builds momentum. And then that's what builds motivation, which then makes, empowers you to feel like you can change other areas in your life. So start small, start with something where you feel some resistance, because I guarantee if you put your energy into it, you can change it for the better. And then suddenly you start to see the opportunity in different areas. Yes, I couldn't agree more with you. And I want to be super mindful of your time. I've talked about it before in the podcast, but even just something as simple as, you know, for me, when I started doing yoga, and that started at three days a week, it snowballed to four days a week, and then it became Mm -hmm. five days a week, and then it became every day. And then when I was doing it every day, I started to sleep better. And when I was starting to sleep better, I had more energy. And then I wanted to eat better, because I was noticing like, it's this reciprocal snowball effect. Yeah, for sure. It's the it's the ripple effect within our lives, right? And I think like that's it, it. I use this with a. I've used this with clients before, where it's like, just take the win. Like, stop beating yourself up. Like, take the win. You know what? If it's a matter of like, you just want to start your day not feeling like you're rushed into the day. Wake up 15 minutes earlier, and then they're kind of like, oh, and you know what? It's gonna suck to wake 15 minutes. Wake up 15 minutes earlier compared to what you were doing. But if that gives you enough space to have like a breath to go like, oh, this is 15 minutes where nobody else is up in my house and I can get things started or that I can jump in the shower and not feel like I'm rushing around or something, do that. Like set yourself up for success. Welcome, don't go for the easy, but welcome ease. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like an important distinction between the two where it's like the easy is where you don't have to make the changes but it doesn't mean that it brings ease into your life. So I always 
I like to say to clients, like we only have like in the research shows is we only have 38 like good choices in a day. That number kind of varies depending on the research, but let's say we only have 38 good choices in a day. And if we think of a choice as like digging a hole, so like it takes work. Okay. Like it's like digging a hole takes work, but you only have to do 38 of these in a day. That's doable. Right now, if you're making choices constantly, that's where you get choice slash decision fatigue if you had to do 60 of those in a day we're not doing those so we have these habits so like habits are things like what you just described with like your yoga right like yoga very much is a habit it still takes an element of choice like but it's not to the degree of like digging the hole so this is kind of like a a small trench where it's like it's already dug like you just kind of got to walk in it cool um if you don't make the choice to yoga, you don't roll out your mat, you don't schedule the class at the time, well, you stop walking in that worn path, it's going to start to fill in, guess what, you're going to have to go back to making a choice to be able to do it again. Then we have patterns. And like, these are the things that we don't really examine all the time. But they're the things you don't think twice about, right? So it's like brushing your teeth, is a pattern. There's different things in our life that are a pattern. The patterns that don't serve us, I always think of like, you build the choice, we're going to throw the dirt from that hole into that trench that's a pattern. Or every time, and then you, hey, you make it a habit. So like, every time you go back to it, you're filling up that pattern, you're filling up that pattern. So it's not something that you fall into anymore. But reminding that, remember, reminding yourself, like, you only have 38 good choices. So like, where are you putting the choices. So what habits can you set up so that you're not burning choices? Does this look like I don't really, my breakfast doesn't really change most days, like Monday to Friday, because I don't have to think about it. It's just literally like, I just want to grab it and go. Okay. And start my day. But on the weekend, that's like a fun choice. That's like a connection activity. That's like a fun activity I do with my husband where it's like, okay, are we going to cook this? Are we going to do this? Right. It's not draining. But if every day I had to wake up and go like, okay, what am I choosing to make today? And what about this? And what about this? What about this? By noon that day, I'd be just fried. Right. So develop the habits to best to set yourself, set yourself up for success so that your choices are what define are making changes that you want more of in your life. And examine the patterns that don't serve you and what habits can you build to override that. I would love to know what sort of choices, some health and wellness choices that you make on a daily basis. They could be daily, they could be weekly or monthly, just things that you do consistently that set you up for a successful day or that set you up for, you know, the career that you have and the life that you have. Waking up early is definitely a thing. And it's really easy for me to fall into like, like that is always going to be a habit for me. It's never going to be a pattern. Like I feel best if I get up early and I get so much done and yeah, uh, 6am. Okay. Good for you. (laughs) But no, no, no. But, but here's the thing. Do I believe that that is best for everybody? No. Like, honestly, if you're not going to be a member of the 6am club, that's totally cool. Right. Or like Robin Sharma's book at 5am club. Like if, if that's not you, that's totally cool. But for me, it is like, I grew up in a family where I feel like the majority of my family are like night owls. That's just not me. Okay. Like I, I'm not peak Chelsea there. The morning is the better time for me. So it's like, 
but it's really easy to just be like, oh, but my bed is warm and I just stay here. And especially like, oh, it's the winter, it's dark, right? But I know I am better if I do my routine, um, which leads me to like my journaling routine. That's like, if I can just like clear my head at the beginning of the day, I show up with not like a running to-do list or a running chatter. I show up with clarity. So getting up early, definitely journaling a pattern and I, and I, I will call this a pattern because it's definitely, it's, it, I don't think twice about it is how much water I drink. I've always been, but everybody had those like giant gallon or whatever water bottles. I looked at that. I was like, Oh, that'd be a disaster for me. Cause I just finish a glass of water really fast or I finish a bottle of water. I'd be finishing that in no time. So like, but that is something that really does help me like the hydration um, getting movement in, I have a dog and I have to say my dog has changed my life in the sense of just that daily movement that is just guaranteed from leaving the, leaving the house exploratory. So walking my dog, getting movement in, be that through yoga or like jumping on a stationary bike, getting that in this summer, I spent a lot of time up north. So it was like, looked like swimming or something. So it's like getting movement that is tied to joy and the feeling joy within my body as I practice that movement is a big one. And then I think like my nighttime routine, like my morning routine is only possible because of my nighttime routine. So at the end of the day, that can look like the self-care of like, washing my face and using different creams and like things like that. Like it is completely something that's only for me, done by me, benefits only me. It's a true act, I think, of like self-care in the best way. And like getting myself cozy for bed and and like wearing pajamas that make me feel good. That it's like I have respect for my sleep. And when I sleep well, I'm set my I set myself up for success. I love asking people about their routines because I am like a die hard morning and nighttime routine. Like mm-hmm. I, I have, you want to talk about patterns. My husband can tell you when my, like in what order my routine is when I'm doing it, but it's like, for me, it's like, and it's because like, it's become a pattern, right? It, I didn't just mm-hmm. wake up and like, this is how it is. Like, it took a little bit of trial and error and yeah. finding what works for listening to other people, trying it and going, you know what, that really doesn't work for me or yeah, this is great. I absolutely love it. But it's, it's one of those things that, like you said, it just, it brings me so much joy and I'm also not a complete nightmare to deal with. Like if I don't do breath work or meditation in the morning, I, yeah. <laughs> I know myself. I am in, like, I'm just cranky. I'm just not myself. Like it just, and it doesn't take long, which is why I feel like it's so impactful because I, I can do it in like 10 minutes. And I'm like, it literally makes my whole day a thousand times better. So I, sure. I love routines and thank you so much for sharing yours. Yeah. And I think like, it's my thing. And I'll, I say this about everything is like, committed you need to be committed to what you want to do and why you want to do it but be flexible in the how so if your morning routine doesn't look like somebody else's but hey it sets you up for success success and you know what success feels like you know like it does it leave you feeling empowered do more of that 
that that's all you need to do. That's okay. It doesn't need to be like what somebody else does. I think like meditation, like I've had a consistent meditation practice for over a decade now. And it's like, but it looks very different. Like it's constant. It, it is changing to better meet my needs as to what it is that I want, be it through guided meditations, be it through just solely breathwork, like different things. So it's like, that not again set yourself up for success don't beat yourself up like what is it that works for you and that's enough if it's working for you that's enough right and I think like tuning in and listening to yourself does this really work for me or is this just easy and what one is it and then that's kind of that can be your guidepost I think like and if I could say anything else too about like building these habits going back to like that self-compassion and everything is just remind reminding yourself that like one thing will not make you healthy and one thing will not make you unhealthy. So it's like that compassion, like it's not all or nothing. Like this is, there's a lot of gray, but the cool thing is it takes less than three seconds to change your mind. So change your mind to set yourself up for success. Allow your mind to be your biggest cheerleader because you deserve it. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to leave with our audience, whether it's a tip or trick that has brought you a lot of value or, you know, just like a mindset shift somebody can think about, um, you know, whether it's changing their minds or setting themselves up for success, anything that you re- that you wish I had asked you so you, that you can leave it with our audience? there's nothing that I think you didn't ask me like to touch on but if I can reiterate the one question I thought was excellent it was like what what can people do to start and if I can just reiterate on that where it's like give yourself space to get to know yourself to get clear as to what it is that you want don't be scared of the time commitment don't be scared of what others will think don't be like time is going to pass this life is happening you are here so would you not rather have it build working toward the goal or working towards something you want to achieve? It is, it is possible. 99 times out of 100, things work out. So if I can reiterate anything that I think, that, again, I think you really touched on it, is just like give yourself space to get to know yourself, to get to know what it is that you want, and then take the action to go that way looking for band-aid solutions, looking for new distractions, there's always going to be the need for another distraction. There's always going to be a need for another band-aid. But if you really get to know yourself and get to know the underlying patterns that are driving things, the underlying desires that are being unmet that can propel you and fuel you forward, there's something to be said for that's what makes people unstoppable. That's the difference between those people that you see that you go like, oh my God, like they're, they're killing it. Like they just seem so at peace at purpose. Like they have tough days, but if you're doing what you really want, if you are living through your purpose, those tough days are much more manageable than if you are doing something that you just feels like a should and is not driven through desire. I think that's amazing. And I think that's the perfect place to end 
our conversation. We do have a little bonus around, but I wanted to just, that was really powerful. And I really hope that resonates with somebody, especially the thing about time, right? It's this, like you said, the time is going to pass anyways. You might as well do something that brings you joy, that lights you up, that moves the needle forward, that sets you up for a better day because like the time is just going to pass anyways. It's going to pass regardless. You might as well enjoy your life and do what brings you happiness. We have a five question bonus round. They're just five super simple questions just to get to know you in a different light and in a different way. Are you ready? The time on the spot, but yes, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. My first question for you is what is a podcast book or resource that has brought you value and you want to recommend to the audience? Uh, Simon Sinek's Start With Why. I reread it often. It's a tie between that and the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, which is a Stoic philosopher. So the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, I constantly go back to. Oh, I'm going to need to add that. That's a book? Yeah. Okay, I need to add that to my list. Question number two is, who is your favorite person or influencer to look up to for inspiration? Oh, um, Arlen Hamilton. Um, I believe her handle is Arlen was here on Instagram, but she like, honestly, like what she's done in terms of capital, in terms of believing in people, in terms of sharing her personal goals and achieving them while also bringing others along. Yeah. Arlen Hamilton. Awesome. Amazing. What are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for the sun that's shining on me that despite the fact in this podcast uh, recording, I've had to move a few times because I started to get quite warm. (laughs) The sun is shining. My dog is just being himself and reminding me to have curiosity and wonder with what I'm exploring. And my clients, honestly, my client calls this morning just completely drove me forward and wanting to achieve more. And I'm really excited to talk to my clients this afternoon. Oh, I love that so much. My fourth question for you is, what is your spirit animal? Uh, definitely an elephant. Oh, no always, one has oh, said that. Really? Okay, yeah, an elephant always has been, always will be. I think they have um, a set of, like, the wisdom. I think also how long they live. They're giant creatures that have so much power but can be incredibly gentle as well so for all those it's that subtlety that they bring for something so large I I love that so much that's incredibly sweet my final question for you is what is your favorite form of self-care to practice giving myself time time to just even if it's just 20 minute windows where it's like not because there's a payoff that somehow impacts somebody else positively it's just giving myself time so it's definitely the taking care of my skin which is something that comes from especially when I got ill like I wasn't going to do makeup or anything to go anywhere and there wasn't much I could do as my condition was deteriorating I was experiencing neuropathy I was I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't, I was, I felt like a stranger in my own body. It was taking care of my skin and that self-care of just washing my face 
and putting on lotion and that act was an act of self-love and I think to me that's the big that's self-care at its highest order is an act of self-love okay I have a part b for this question because I love skincare I I could mm-hmm. talk about skincare all the time uh, do you have a <laughs> like a ride or die brand or like something that like just absolutely transformed your skin in the best possible way okay Charlotte Tilbury's magic <laughs> cream really is magic cream like I, I don't know what they're putting in that, but like, <laughs> um, I actually had the opportunity to meet Charlotte Tilbury once and she's as incredible as she seems, but yeah, Charlotte Tilbury's magic cream, I think is one of those things that the first time I used it, I was like, wow, I now get how you can use this name. Like I'm a big believer in business of like under promise over deliver. So when you name something magic, like that's, I'm like, oh, okay, like this is pretty high expectation, but I get it. Okay. I have heard incredible things about her line. So I feel like I need to try it, but now everybody's been like, it's life-changing. I'm like, I hope it changes my life. (laughs) Yeah. I have like, just so I know she has different variations of it too, like a light version. And then she has like the night cream and day cream, but I have some very dry sensitive skin. So I've always found it works wonders and it's kind of like my go-to I might venture off and try something else if somebody recommends it but it's always it's kind of been the stalwart that I always go back to no okay you've influenced me I'm gonna I'm gonna try the <laughs> night cream one <laughs> Chelsea this has been an incredible conversation if people want to check out what you're up to if they want to work with you anything along those lines where can everybody go and find you for sure. So my on Instagram, I'm always like, you can shoot me a DM or something. It's at underscore Chelsea Montgomery. Chelsea is spelled C-H-E-L-S-E-A. Montgomery is M-O-N-T-G-O-M-E-R-Y. Um, that's on Instagram. My website is definitely the best way to find me. Uh, fill out a form, book a call, anything like that. www.chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A hyphen Montgomery, M-O-N-T-G-O-M-E-R-Y.com. Perfect. I will make sure everything is linked in the show notes as well. Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for opening your community up and for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you give it a five-star rating and review. It takes two moments of your time and truly does make a difference in growing this community and showing support for the show. Make sure to stop by and say hi on social media Take a screenshot of this episode, tag our guest, tag me, and hashtag the show, hashtag BYL podcast. Share it out on your Instagram stories so that we can share it out on ours, and I will make sure to slide into your DMs to say hello. Until next Monday, everyone, I can't wait to see you then. Namaste.